the Mike Mike and Mario show. (laughs) Oh, man, excited to be back Uh, once again, get a chance to hang out with Mario and talk about prior events and, of course, look ahead to what's happening out here. Uh, Welcome back to the Mike and Mario show. Uh, Mario, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, and it's Friday the 13th, I guess. Yes, it, oh. to be here. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get that one. But uh, excited to be back, man. Looking forward to connecting. Uh, man, what, a, what an interesting week. And uh, so let's uh, – how do you want to kick this one off? I definitely want to touch on the JP confirmation because – Yeah, let's, let's start with that. Surprising, JP. but I came across this visual aid here uh, highlighting how I guess there was a, a market reversal uh, once the confirmation was put out there publicly – and so lots of speculation as to why now, what happened. So you were sharing some interesting thoughts offline. What, what, share, that, share that with the audience if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, so Jay Powell, most people thought that until yesterday, he was the chairman of the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. And technically he wasn't. He was the chairman pro tempore. Right. <laughs> so w- what that means is that uh, uh, the Federal Reserve Board had approved him as chairman but the Senate hadn't confirmed it for three months. And you kind of wonder why. Uh, But then yesterday, uh, when the market was crashing uh, and everything was hitting the fan, suddenly uh, the Senate confirms him as chairman of the Federal Reserve. And I actually tweeted, uh, (laughs) did he promise uh, the Senate that uh, he'd stop uh, being hawkish or something? Mm-hmm. So, and it's, that's what I tweeted out when, when the news came out. I think someone else tweeted out the news. I hadn't seen it. Yeah. And then today you sent me that little uh, uh, chart that the the market started rallying right after uh, the news came out. Right. Is it coincidence or is there no. something more to it? Who knows? <laughs> right. That's one of the things where when I saw that, I'm like, wow, we definitely got to touch on that just because there's no coincidences in a scheduled and timed great reset. And you know, this plays and also to just the, the 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 narrative that they're painting on soft landing, hard landing, crash landing, whatever. It's going to be, you know, uh, transformative to say the least. But uh, it's just interesting how at the same time all that took place. Beginning of the week, middle of the week, you know, the stablecoin situation also unraveled, which also helped the narrative of the digital dollar push because there's more pundits now talking about, you know, needing real stability, utilizing the digital coin narrative as a, a, as an excuse. So I was talking about that earlier in the week, how everything seems to be like a good setup at this current moment. So uh, but then once again, nothing is accidental. It's all intentional, in my opinion. So but uh, yeah, interesting times here. So if you want to, let's. uh Take a look uh, at, the, at the markets real quick. I just got uh, some things here because it looks like uh, we're still in the green on some things. Let me put this on the screen here. So I, I use Teletrader here. Yeah. Uh, if you guys can see that on the screen here. So it looks like this Friday at this current moment, everything appears to be uh, heading upward. So it looks like, I guess, overall, you know, cons- cons- not consumer, but investor sentiment must be high or or, or what? Well, I think uh, maybe uh, everyone got a little too bearish. Uh, yeah. you know, the markets have been dropping a lot. Yeah. So a lot of times, uh, because I think we are in a long-term bear market for mm-hmm. the NASDAQ S&P. Yeah. And uh even in bear markets, you see rallies, and sometimes they're very strong. Right. But uh, one thing that I found interesting about the cryptocurrency kind of uh, dump mm-hmm. this week, you know, Bitcoin got down to almost 25,000. Yeah. Uh, is that the mainstream media is covering that as, as if it had like an impact on the overall financial market. I'm right. seeing headlines that, 
uh, well, with the crypto rebound, we're seeing the stock market futures uh, open higher in Europe and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they've got a point, actually, even though I don't agree too much with the mainstream media, because if you've noticed the last six months or so, a lot of Wall Street banks, uh, I mean, we saw the mayor of New York saying he's going to allow He's going to be paid in Bitcoin. There's right. there's a lot of push, right. you know, getting the public into it, and, <laughs> and uh, I think uh, it could be a problem now that uh, the cryptos they're just worth over a trillion dollars, but uh, it's so leveraged, you know, with all these stable coins like uh, is it Luna that broke the buck? You yeah. you could see Tether break the buck, and, and there's so much leverage. And there's so many uh, regular investors now involved in cryptocurrencies that it could be, even though it's not a huge market compared to all other assets, it could be a trigger for an an overall market uh, trouble. Contagion, right. And so just to to, to piggyback on that, uh, that article I sent you, I was in the process of listening to it as to how it was mentioned that... um, so with the size of the crypto market as of now, um, I, I posted something the other day as well from the, from this high back in November, which I think was three point something trillion down to whatever it got to one point five. That was a major uh, correction. And it looks like, you know, they're comparing it or tr- trying to say that it, it resembles a subprime market. Yeah. Uh, from yeah. 2008. And so that right there to me plays into more of a narrative as to why. Mm. Reg- the regulatory bodies can say that we need to really step in now because, and of course, they came out yelling, said that it's not, it doesn't pose a financial stability risk yet. But then again, they're trying to prevent that by them getting involved. And one of the little rants I went through the other day was how, isn't it interesting how the same people that uh, is a part of the legacy system is also steerheading the transition into this digital? So all those people there are former bankers and it is in my in my opinion they probably have more of an allegiance to their prior employer yeah. than they do yeah to us the people as well, public servants <laughs> if i could interrupt you know the guy uh uh on the my left uh-huh. what, what's his name he's the sec guy Gessler, uh gary yeah, Gensler. yeah he Gensler. used to be an ex-goldman sachs mm-hmm. so you, you look at the guy uh uh mike uh Novosky, or he he's got a, a hedge fund. Novogratz, 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 yeah. Goldman Sachs, mm-hmm. right? Rao Pal of um, Real, Real Vision, ex yeah. Goldman Sachs. They've all been pushing the cryptos. <laughs> you know, Goldman Sachs. Uh, they bought uh, an exchange that I used to use a lot called the uh, I forgot its, its name now, uh, uh, Bitrex. That yeah. used to be a big. They bought into that. So uh, I think the bankers, you know, uh, Jamie Dimon said a few years ago that um, Bitcoin was a fraud, yeah. but he could be just saying that for the for the hell of it. A hundred percent. You know, he's just saying the opposite and actually, <laughs> you know, right? So, because he, he's thinking, you know, if I say that and people hate me, they will actually buy it. It's that it's the it's the it's that good guy bad guy like I'll yeah. speak out against it. Similar to how the Federal Reserve came about, how the Federal Reserve came about. You know, the bank of cabal bought the mainstream media, and then yeah. they you know they said that it's gonna it's gonna take away the power from the you know the the money trust. You know, so now yeah. the money trust is still operational. And, and to piggyback on that, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, 
I think it was this past week or this week, you know, Goldman Sachs partners with Coinbase for bank's first Bitcoin back loan. So Goldman Sachs went from, you know, to, to talking down about it three or four years ago to now they're now making a loan to the biggest crypto exchange, publicly traded crypto exchange, might I add, Coinbase. So, you know, how the tides have turned so quickly. Or yeah, this is always a part of the plan. Uh, I think the plan all along has been to allow these uh, developers, you know, individuals who are mm -hmm. not paid yeah. to just uh, build the in infrastructure for cryptocurrencies, the exchanges. Right. And now everything's like been set up. Mm -hmm. The bankers come in and uh, gobble it up, right? And, you know, let 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 the public build it up to pretend that it's a organic system, yeah. free uh, market. But uh, that you know, one of the signals that I didn't like four years ago or so, maybe more now, end yeah. of 2017, they launched the futures uh, on the CME uh -huh. Bitcoin futures, and I said, well. Uh, you know, the bankers are going to take over uh, mm -hmm. Bitcoin now. And I think I was right. So watch this. So I, I love trying to connect the pieces of the puzzle mm -hmm. together. So I'm, I'm going to throw this on the screen because I refer to this often, how we were oh. you know, told about this time frame. And what what a, what a coincidence that the banks now are, I guess, supportive of this new asset class at the same time they've already infiltrated. And my personal opinion is that this current little dip that uh, looks like it's recovering somewhat for some, I think it was a, a instead of an OTC opportunity for the big banks to get in, I say it was a UTT under the table opportunity for a lot of big wealthy individuals to get in, you know, to, to where it didn't, it didn't reflect in the actual price because things were down. So it's my opinion that when they're ready, they're they're going to basically use crypto digital assets as a funnel yeah. out of the old into the new. And the same, as I mentioned, the same people who are responsible for the legacy system are in position of power to make sure that their former employers do well. And this and this regulatory clarity that's coming has nothing to do with you and I. It's all about, you know, the elite, the wealthy yeah. individuals in the banks, in my opinion. So and the thing is the blockchain technology, you know, open ledger um, in a decentralized system where the public is in charge, it, it's not a bad thing. And it's quite anonymous, I would say. Mm -hmm. But if you apply the blockchain to a centralized system where the government is in charge, mm -hmm. they can see everything you're doing, uh, every penny you spend. Because they'll know your private key. They'll know, oh, that's Mike. Uh, Mike's private key. Right. <laughs> He's doing that. He's giving money to uh, Putin's uh, political political uh, campaign. Uh, or, or they could set, or they could set, they could set somebody <laughs> up and say that you know there was a transaction from your ledger da, 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 towards a cause that we no longer support. Therefore, we're going to cut you off real quick. So. Um, speaking of which, you know, I want to just share with you. I, I love coming across new way, new little websites. So here is the current, here's the current activity out there uh, <laughs> in the crypto space. So this is what's happening in real time. But of course, the wow. biggest bubbles That's on there happen to be actually. Luna and the UST. And watch it. I came across Luna, this down a hundred percent. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So what? So I came across this yesterday, and I'm like, man. Like, so I was doing some predictions, some little, you know, generic TA. And I was telling people by this day, it's going to be a penny. And of course it was. So it made me look like I knew what I was talking about. But if you look at this right here, does this not resemble this? Just this graph here, the trajectory, does it not resemble this? The dollar, yeah. Does it not resemble this? I was like, man, it's, how, it's, how uh, can that be? It's what you call a fractal. 
Yeah. That's been happening over a hundred years and that happened over a hundred hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I just like, wow, this what and and yesterday before I think it was about two or three cents, it literally lined up perfectly with uh let me see if I can make it. No, so from like this point, uh, let me see. Nope. So it lined up perfectly to where I was about to do a little rant, but I didn't. So uh, but let's keep it moving. Uh, for those that are tuned in, definitely throw out some thoughts, ideas, suggestions. We'll jump on it. We got a lot more articles to touch on. Uh, but let's touch on the – let me make sure I'm, I'm staying in order here. Uh, a true indicator of what it's like out in the streets amongst people who actually have to function in Main Street, uh, University of Michigan sentiments slumps back to 11-year low as inflation fear surge. So uh, we are out here still. The real-world economy is not doing too well while markets are rallying for whatever reason, but this is a part of the narrative, but um, this is what people are feeling a pinch of. And discretionary spend is down. We got massive layoffs. It's just, it's just, it's not real good in Main Street, but Wall Street appears to be doing okay. What are your thoughts on this, Mario? Yes, uh, the Michigan Consumer Sentiment, University of Michigan, some people might think, what's why is that important? Well, I worked in the markets for 30 years and that, that number has always been a bellwether for consumer sentiment and seeing that the U.S. economy and most Western economies are dependent on credit and spending in the consumer. It's not like a, a balanced economy where you also have production. Yeah. Uh, that is worrying. You know, the number uh, I've got it here to it was expected to come out at 64 yeah. from 65.2 the previous month and it came out at 59. It's a pretty big drop. And yeah. then the uh, inflation expectations uh, stayed at 5.4. So that's a, another sign of um, the stagflationary environment that I think is just getting on the way. And it's going to be just like mm -hmm. the 70s, if not longer, because I think uh, now the imbalances are much bigger. Yeah. The uh, the credit and currency that has been created mm -hmm. Uh dwarfs what was created in the 60s and uh, 70s i would say yeah now speaking of which at, at this current moment the narrative has not changed uh the, the fed is you know continuing moving forward with their tightening policy and so you were mentioning earlier how you know there's a possibility that given the environment it's going to be hard to keep that narrative going to where uh you were saying that baseball and i guess elijah and michael oliver's uh, interview the the probability of them slowing or reversing so i, I don't see that as an option for them because i think they're, they're 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 operating within a time limit to execute a certain amount of things but share with me on your thoughts on reversal can they reverse and, and then start qe again and yeah to this thing? up until i think last week's um yeah, i think it was last week the uh press conference or pal was talking to someone and uh michael oliver uh, from uh, msa noted that uh, he started talking about that it's going to be data dependent. Mm -hmm. So what that means is that if the data start weakening economic data, then the mm -hmm. Fed, you know, might not keep doing what they're saying they're going to do. Mm -hmm. So they could hike another uh, 50 basis points twice. But if you see GDP becoming more and more negative, if you see, uh, let's say, jobless claims starting rising quite sharply, if yeah. you see uh, retail sales dropping, if you see the Michigan sentiment mm -hmm. uh, dropping further, if you see the uh, purchasing managers index uh, right. data dropping below 50, 
then they could say, oh, we're going to pause for now because the economy is slowing down. And they could say, we're going to pause for now, wait and see, but we'll probably continue raising. Mm -hmm. And then in the meantime, something huge could happen and, you know, and then they reverse it. Right. I, I think that's the way it could play out. And for the markets, uh, you said that the markets are rebounding, even though we had those numbers. But the, don't forget, the markets have been dropping all year long. Right, right, right. So it, it's that, normal to get a little bit of a rebound. Right. I put more, I, I, I label this stream here, consumers, uh, consumer sentiments tank, JP Morgan confirm and markets reverse equals a fake out. So, you know, don't, don't believe the hike. I, I'm more confident that, especially, it, and to me, it seems quite obvious, the more that they're looking to tighten their belts and re reel in all the stuff that they've done to, pump up this you know biggest asset bubble in human history it's only natural that they continue course that things will continue to be very volatile so therefore you know we can only trend downward until there's a new unleashing of the monetary spigot to in inflate things back up so I, my, my my projection yeah. is that they're trying to in this article here you know is, is you know talks about some some pain that might be a new you know quotation we can use where it resembles transitory like, like last year was transitory. We know now they reverse course and say, yeah, it's it's a lot more than that. So this some pain next year could end up being like, you know, yeah. catastrophic pain. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think right now, uh, I think Ellen yesterday as well said that they'll be able to engineer a soft landing. She, mm. she, I don't think she used the word soft landing. She said, well, we'll be able to contain inflation without a recession. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think this soft landing <laughs> narrative is going to be like the transitory narrative. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It, it's, 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 yeah, it's, I was going to say comical, but it's not funny, but it, it's real well, life. And, yeah. And they're, they're playing, they're playing with, they're playing with our lot. They're playing with lies, period. Like, it, you know, the born yeah. and the born will suffer the consequences. You know, um, one book that I think is really, and I've recommended it many times, but I think right now it's even more important to read it, and it's quite thin, mm -hmm. uh, is Fiat Money Inflation in France by Andrew Dixon White. Mm -hmm. They're free PDFs, I think. And uh, in 1790s France, they started the experiment in QE. It was called the Assignats, just mm -hmm. paper, paper currency. And they, they, they were reluctant, the French National Assembly, to start it out. Yeah. Because they knew it could lead to disaster. But then they did it reluctantly, the first issue. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the economy improved. But then after a while, the everything you know went downhill. Yeah. And they decided to do more. And then it improved. And they kept doing more and more. And they couldn't stop. Uh, and at the end, everything imploded. The, they had the currency, this currency collapsed. Yeah. And uh, people were in, you know, ruined. But um, that's where I think we are. You know, we've had QE since 08, 09, and mm -hmm. they try to stop it. But every time they stop, the economy and the markets keel over, mm -hmm. and then they have to do more and more. So, yeah, it's QE yeah. to infinity. So, and, and so, 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 with, with that's the that's the trend that allow us to project a forecast of what we think could happen. And I, I think for some reason, like the gig is up. I, I really think that a, because the Great Reset narrative is in play now, that prior performance will not predict future <laughs> events in the sense that I don't I, I don't I just have a hard time believing they're going to reverse course, come back in with prior monetary policies that resemble what has happened over the last 12 years, just because 
moving forward, they're trying to make sure no one owns anything and they're happy with it. So I can see them literally doing something completely different, i.e. not coming in supporting the markets, letting certain markets kill over and blame yeah. it on Russia. Taiwan, China circling Taiwan right now with ships. That's another yeah. event to come. So I, I see them not wanting to be supportive because they want these bubbles to burst so that they can start doing their you know, plan B, central bank digital currencies, universal basic income, you know, social credit score applications to log into you or whatever, control internet. We got a disinformation czar coming, yeah. social media crack. I can see that being what they would want. And it's, it's going to be unstable. It's going to be chaotic as hell. But that's the world they want to take. Yeah. Us I mean, you could be right about that. Uh, so you could get your scenario where they let everything collapse, or you could get the other scenario where they come in again and and inflate everything again, and then you get like a hyperinflation, and that's a collapse as well. So what I don't think we're going to get is the middle of the road, hmm. the st stability. Right. So, and, and if you don't have that, uh, you want to have hard assets, precious metals. Um, precious metals and commodities don't do well when things are like just right, when you have a Goldilocks right. scenario of, you know, relatively uh, high rates, not high rates, but good interest rates, good growth, you know, reasonable amount of debt. And we don't have that. So right. you could be right about them pulling the plug as well. Right. And I, and I think I, I, you know, I definitely don't want to be right. I just think like, you know, the best way to view this is to look at it from a, as best as you can, an absolute evil standpoint. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, they are literally trying to enslave humanity That's utilizing right. technology now. And it does. It's no coincidence that the who is also in the play right now. I went through the whole spiel earlier how Bill Gates, who backs the general director of the who is in his ear he's a you know the general general director is a fanboy of bill gates and so the takeover is underway yeah as a part of the greater plan of course that's the so guy from uh the guy from ethiopia right who yeah right a, uh, a marxist uh, rebel or something yeah <laughs> right let me so I, let me share something with you i put together let me see I, I uh just for the sake of trying to help people understand like who is fun who not who's one of the primary funders and backers of the technology that is going to be used by the who happens to be the bill and melinda gates foundation and when you when you follow the, the the currency trail you see that bill gates and his crew have been invested in every single entity that they're trying to bring to the forefront of course backed by u.s taxpayer dollars because the government comes in and subsidizes and pumps everything up we got the fake meat programs we got all the land being bought up we got the baby formula crises right now and of course there i forgot the article but mark zuckerberg bill gates and all the billionaires invested in this artificial lab grown milk processing that they're going to pump out there so it's just it's just when you put all that together it's just like wow like it, it becomes obvious that evil appears to be winning at this current moment and that's why i'm real pressed on helping people wake up as best i can just because you know like you know the best time to prepare is now or would have been yesterday but uh, once again, it's only so much you can do in your own power before, you know, you have to turn over somebody else higher. So that's my little rant there. But anyway, <laughs> let, let, let's keep moving. Um, let's keep it moving. What else we got here to touch on? Oh, we, we cannot go without touching on the intended energy situation that's coming out of the OPEC nations. You sent this to me. Uh, you know, share some insight on this, Mario. Yeah, I was reading this article. Uh 
yesterday or the day before yesterday and uh, basically uh, Saudi Arabia and UAE, the head honchos uh, for energy in those countries are warning that other countries that produce oil and, you know, process the distillate goods mm -hmm. uh, products from from oil, they haven't done anything to uh, keep up with uh, demand. So their capacity, right. their infrastructure is very uh, outdated. And the Saudis and the UOE guys are saying, you know, we're pumping as much as we can, but we can't keep up with demand. And uh, and then they said as well that uh, the U.S. Congress is trying to punish OPEC. Yeah. And they said if they go with, through this punishment, it's going to make it even worse. Right. And they said that I don't know if it's a threat or if it's the reality, but they said that if Congress goes through this uh, uh, OPEC bill i think it's called no pack bill uh, <laughs> really? it, it could uh result in a rise in oil prices of 200 to 300 percent so right now oil is around 100 bucks mm -hmm. so you could see oil at 200 to 300 dollars uh so i i think that's worrying and the fact that um finland and sweden are looking to join nato that's mm -hmm. not going to help relationship the relationship between the west and and the um the the russians i, I think the russians have said now that they're going to cut the gas supply to finland on monday mm -hmm. so yeah and, and i think the west especially europe we've been trying to get out of fossil fuels and um right go into this renewable green energy mm. and it's not that simple so uh we're speaking about the energy crisis last year in September. We're warning people already. Yeah. But I don't think it's over. And right. it's going to get a lot worse. Not uh, at all. Not, and that's the, like, that's the thing where looking ahead to the state agenda prior to all this chaos, you know, the Green New Deal was what they were trying to sell, 50 yeah. trillion or so dollars. And over a 10-year span, that right there encompasses all this transition to where, yeah. as you mentioned, uh, the lack yeah. of investment into energy from the old standpoint is done. Now they're trying to move into the renewable stuff, which to me has proven to be unsustainable due to geographical regions and areas and timing. And, and so it, once again, it's, it's more of a consolidation of power towards that new world agenda <laughs> where they're stakeholders, not shareholders. <laughs> actually, I uh, saw also an article. I didn't send it to you, but it was about BlackRock that they're they're gonna like uh, loosen their uh, standards ESG like oh, really? environmental, societal, and governance. Governance. Yeah, because because they're they're realizing that they need to invest more in oil and what they call fossil fuels. And I say fossil fuels like that because a lot of people don't think that oil is not a fossil fuel. That's another argument. Yeah. But it looks like BlackRock is actually backtracking. So in a way, that could be a good thing, you know, that BlackRock is uh, like reversing. And if BlackRock is reversing, I think a lot of other investors are because it's the biggest. They control $10 trillion in investments. Mm. Uh, so I, I saw it in the Daily Telegraph a couple of days ago, the story. Okay, so here's a question, Mario. Why now? Why, why the pivot? What because else? They realize that, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it takes a lot longer to switch.
pull off uh, pull off the greatest heist in humanity. But here's the thing: where you know, once again, I was always look at things from a skeptical viewpoint. You know, that's what we're being told. And of course, I think it could be a way for them to buy more time, just because they realize the difficulty in trying to get everybody on board. Because I talked yeah. about the other day how you know I guess Kevin O'Leary, one of the you know Shark Tank guys, big you know Wall Street guy, he was on a Bitcoin podcast talking about how uh, how Larry Fink put out a uh, letter last year, basically warning all CEOs saying that you know by this time you need to make sure you're fully compliant. Or you won't be able to secure financing in this new in this new banking model being set up, and I think there's been uh, somewhat push of a, a hiccup, a push, a, hopefully a pushback. I would hope a pushback. Yeah. For or sure. maybe maybe they've uh, they're gone too quickly and they've uh, they're creating too much havoc, right? And uh, they're, they're they're like, oh, <laughs> let's uh, take our foot off the uh, accelerator. accelerator. Right. Or else, you know, we're going to crash. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing. Our plan. My, 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 so on the pushback side of things, sounds fair just because all of these corporations, these publicly traded companies, if they comply fully with that, they're losing out big time because they're already mm. having shorted issues, cost of operations going through the roof, and you name it. They're being transformed right before mm. their own eyes. And I hope a lot of them are concerned with their own financial futures. Because mm. you play ball with these guys here, you're gonna miss out. There's no winning for you as well. So because yeah. you won't have it, your your doors will close flat out. Like you won't be able to stay open longer. And that's yeah. what we're experiencing now in the tech sector. A lot of a lot of these tech companies are closing because people work from home and opting mm. out of the whole paradigm. So it's yeah. Anyway, go ahead. What are you gonna say? I'm gonna share the the story with you so I can uh, prove to you guys that. Hold on, there you go. You see, that was from May 11th. BlackRock ditches green activism over Russia energy fears. Fund Titan says in investing in traditional energy sources is now required to boost security. So uh, here we go. Uh, BlackRock has warned it will vote against most shareholder green activism this year for being too extreme in a significant U-turn by the world's biggest money manager. So uh, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, that says it right there. So we will see. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, of course, I like to be optimistic about things. I, I hope that the pushback is happening, and uh, you know, companies are realizing that their livelihoods and their the longevity of their companies is subject to not jumping on board wholeheartedly. Because if you do, you're on the losing side. So, uh, okay, let's get to a couple more articles here. Then we open up for some questions. Uh, what else we got to touch on? So I don't know. Did we? Did we? Did we hint on this a little bit? Oops, where we go? Did we hint on this a little bit here? Uh, about oh, yeah. the price controls is coming, possibly this bill pass. <laughs> yeah, I think that's significant. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I try to not follow politics mm -hmm. too much, but I guess you have to keep an eye on things. House Democrats to pass gas price gouging bill, other relief options on the table. So back in the early 70s, President Nixon also, uh, he he uh, froze prices as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And all that led to was shortages and higher prices. So yeah. it would have politicians always do the opposite of what they should do to help the public. And this happened in France in the 1790s. They, they put price controls because they were blaming business people and merchants and everything right. for, for the higher prices not themselves who were pumping all the currency and debt and spending uh for the uh, inflation uh so <laughs> I, I don't know have you looked further into that do you think this is going to go through 
Uh, to, uh, it's, it, it'd be hard because we're getting the, you know, the good guy, bad guy. I've noticed over the last week, there's been a lot of, uh, blame, uh, party blaming. And especially when we're surrounding this whole cryptocurrency situation here. So it, it, I, I don't know at this current mm. moment, I'm not sure which politicians are on the take and which ones might be operating yeah. from a genuine, let's, you know, protect our nation type of stance, because yeah. I've always talked about how my personal opinion, either you're corrupt or you're compromised. You fall into either two camps. There's no in between because you wouldn't be in that seat for long if you did not comply or allow some things to fly I, over I your guess, head. I guess the exception to the rule is Ron Paul. Right. Right. And so, I, you know, so like once again, I I, I, I don't talk about the Paul family, but I yeah. want to point out that in this current game, they want people to be able to voice their opinions to make it appear that there are some people out there pushing back. But then again, Ron Paul and Rand Paul, they never go too far with truth. They know the full story, but they'll never cross that threshold. And that's why I'm saying they're not corrupt, but they've been compromised because they'll know they know their limits as to what they can get away with when mm -hmm. they can. Yeah. So that's the good guy, bad guy. I'll, I'll push back on this topic because they'll let me, but I won't touch that one because, you know, mm -hmm. I know what I happened. So that's where, you know, when it comes to politics, I'm like, ah, you know, I, mm -hmm. I would like to be hopeful, but at this part of the game, coming towards the end game, I, I wouldn't put my hope in anybody. But uh, here's more on that little price control situation. I just typed in real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, due to allocation, we had we can serve no more gasoline today. So yeah, the thing is that you put a price cap on uh, fuel or anything else yeah. producers. Uh, if the cost of producing those goods uh, are higher than the price, they'll they'll stop because there's no point in selling that for right. a loss. And when they stop producing, you get more shortages. So right. Right. On top of the, you know, the the on top of the deliberate withholding of supply, because I'm hearing the diesel market ships aren't moving and all types of there's a warning sent out in the U.S. for all the truckers that diesel now is going to be problematic. So gas up early. The article said, you know, they encourage all all trucks to make sure they gas up in the evening because you don't know in the morning you'll have an opportunity to do so. So. All right. So let's get some questions, thoughts. I see a super chat. Let me address this. Uh, Chris, appreciate you, man. It says, during the Great Reset, where a new currency will be issued, will that new currency have less purchasing power than what we currently have? Thanks. Uh, okay. It says, during a Great Reset, when new currency is issued, will that currency have less purchasing power than? Uh, I think my personal opinion uh, is that uh, whatever is going to be put out there as a as a, as a solution to the problem that they're trying to you know run from, it'll have a little bit of stability. But then again, have, it has to address, address – uh, adjust to the market conditions as well therefore especially in the u.s there's going to be some readjusting downward to make up for all that prior obligations and debt so yeah it's going to be eroded into eventually you know depending on how this transitions that's why i think they want it to be digitally uh interoperable with other central banks so they can do it together if need be to account for imbalances so that's my opinion but there will be some adjustments for sure <laughs> there'll be no stability coming from another another fiat version of anything <laughs> Well, uh, I guess looking at like uh, what's happened in other countries, for example, Brazil, mm -hmm. the last time they got a new currency and a reset, I think it was 1994 with the real. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it does bring stability and more purchasing power because you've just gone from a system that's collapsed. But the trick is that uh, once a currency is launched, the only way it will go 
in the long term is down in terms of purchasing power because the real in 1994 uh, bought more than one dollar <laughs> and now a, a dollar buys like five reals so um yeah so it will be uh better than what we have now mm -hmm. but uh it's not gonna last forever yeah and, and to and to because so my thing is no matter what currency is reissued it still probably operate under the same policies you know fiscally speaking as well as monetarily speaking if those same two entities are still controlling things the only thing they yeah. can do is further erode what purchasing power we have because they're going to use debt on the other side of that you know what i'm saying so it's going to be that you know more debt more less purchasing power yeah more monetary expansion so that's the thing like there, there there's uh, nothing good that can come from our government and central banks working together because no, they're working against the them. thing the thing is what what it will mean it's not going to change the underlying uh system and the underlying system is a keynesian uh big government uh central bank uh controlled economy and yeah. it's going to be even worse uh because these people don't believe in uh individual freedom free markets competition sound money right so I've got no desire to save in, in whatever new currency comes about. Um, you know, I'll stick to to uh, being my own central banker as as the going set as the the same the saying goes. Right. Uh, with with traditional money, i.e., gold and silver, and maybe some other, I don't know, platinum. Yeah. Even though I don't have platinum. Here is uh here's that Brazilian real, and this is far that goes back. Well, you see, yeah, you see, a, a dollar was worth less than a real, mm -hmm. and now you know this shows if you turn that chart upside down, yeah. that's how badly the real is done. Uh, but in nineteen, whenever it started, ninety four, I think. Yeah, it was yeah, uh, in ninety four. It was a big relief because prior to that, the old currency had kind of collapsed and they were able to do this reset and mm -hmm. things improve but you can see that gradually it's uh the dollar has risen against it mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean to say that the dollar is a good currency right it's <laughs> just it's just it's just a it's just a global measuring stick for yeah. now <laughs> not a very good one at that exactly but yeah once again it's not a very good one overall but if you're awake and aware and realize the bigger picture it, you know, mm. especially here in the U.S., it's been a blessing to us. And that's the part where it's changing. And that's why I think, you mm. know, uh, our standard of living and all those things, we're going to be brought down to reality that uh, oh, yeah. once we no longer have that reserve status at some point. Then, that'll, you know, our lifestyles might reflect that of a second, third world country where there's another measuring stick and we got to measure up to it. Yeah. Right now, it looks like it's going to be gold to start. Bankers want Bitcoin for some reason. I wonder why. But anyway, go ahead. I mean, I don't think the U.S. will turn into a second or even third world country really? when it loses its major reserve status. It mm -hmm. will be still a first world country, but it will be, uh, you know, just think of uh, the U.K. Mm -hmm. used to, you know, after World War II, mm -hmm. it, it went, it's gone into decline, but it's still a relatively wealthy country compared to the poorer countries. Yeah, it's yeah. just going to be the standard living is going to drop, even right. though, I mean, there are patches in the places in the U.S. and their inner cities that it's like going to a third world country. All right. Now, the reason I mentioned that about second world, third world, third world probably is a little far stretched, but 
because everything, because our well, the majority of people's living standard here has been based upon credit. Mm. And I think the banking model, as it's restructured, credit will not be utilized and it will not be utilized as heavy as it is now to, to, to support the lifestyle we have here. Mm. So therefore, if people had to live within their means, whatever the means are. That means no excess, no, no more than enough, no right on time delivery, no, you know, having more than you need, more shoes and all that stuff that we've been yeah. forced to consume because of credit. If you take yeah. away all that, it's going to be just enough. No more one big, car, one big, you know, big slurpees, huh? <laughs> big slurpees. <laughs> yeah like maybe a small glass <laughs> we got super size extra large you know everything yeah. here like you know if you had to actually pay if you had to actually spend what you had in accordance to what you needed that moment would you be going for the super size big extra large <laughs> stretch you know suvs okay yeah, yeah. so anyway just an, uh, i think adjust, adjustment down to reality anyway all right let's get to some questions before we get ready to log off let's see uh feel free to throw out some thoughts ideas in the chat, we'll jump on it real quick. Uh, we're with our 40-minute mark. Uh, we can go all day long if need be, but want to be respectful of everyone's time. How, Dr. Mota, how does one shrink a bloated government? Uh, well, <laughs> with diff great difficulty. I, I guess it starts with the uh, with the voters. They, they need to, to think that uh, governments are there not to uh, help them, Mm -hmm. But uh, to administer the rule of law, that government doesn't have any money. I think it starts with the voters. And, and I think, unfortunately, uh, uh, the great majority of people who vote think that the government owe, owes them something. Right. And right. Uh, unless uh, until people think like that, until the general public wants small government, you won't get it. Right. Yeah. So my, my thought on that is I think. So this is where I'm I, I'm not transitioning, but I'm just trying to think beyond just looking back and being reactive to the news we're, we're being given. A lot of these events is just talking about the underlying, the, the primary problem. It's not necessarily the currency. That's a symptom. The primary problem is our governance structure. Like, you know, to hear especially about how the who is trying to reshape democracy by removing sovereign borders to participate in this global whatever. I'm thinking like they're they're literally right now under the table. They're reshaping the government structure. And of course, I'm thinking like, so we are given the illusion that our vote counts, but right now we're witnessing that they really, it really does not count. So we need an entire new government. And that's where I'm concerned with, you know, the fact that I don't know what that government is in a natural. It's because we're going to have representatives, but they're, if they all compromise, what good is it to vote for them? If they, if they, when they get to sit down in the Senate or the, or the house, they're going to, they're going to go according to the lobbyists and people who their backs who back their scratches. So anyway, but yeah, we, we have a government crisis. That's what it is. Yeah. And of course, there's a symptom of that is the money. All right. More questions out here. What you got out here? Um, here's one from D. It says, are the people of the United Kingdom cool with the who controlling their health care system? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a little bit like the U.S. It, the, you know, there are people who are awake and mm -hmm. uh you know, they're not only unhappy with the uh, WHO, but also the NHS, which is like a national health system here. But on the other hand, you know, the people more towards the left, uh, they're probably loving it. They, they think it's necessary. Yeah. And speaking of which, uh, real quick, we did forget an article while we, you know, if you see any questions thought out there, but uh, uh, we forgot to talk about the Russian situation prepared to cut gas supplies to Finland uh, today. And so I was reading through that and it looks like uh, May 23rd, 
is uh, when the next contract is up and they, as of now, are refusing to pay in rubles. So I think there will be more nations cut off from that mm. pipeline there. But uh, it said they get between 60 to 70% of Finland's natural gas comes from Russia. And yeah, so we'll they, see if they jump board on our NATO stuff or not. So, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, that doesn't help the fact that they join. They want to join NATO. Either. Right. Putin's been very clear. You know, we're not tolerating that. There will be some repercussions. So it's like, how much can you poke the bear before the bear <laughs> unleashes? Yeah, and that's not going to be pretty uh, at all. Uh, all right, any more thoughts out there, Mario? You, you see anything? Let's uh, see. Yeah, Daryl, you said your vote never counted. I understand that, but it's becoming more obvious now to where I think more people would be willing to believe that than it was a year ago. Oh, Mario. You yeah. forgot to remind me. Um, 2,000 mules. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I saw that. You haven't seen it. I'm yeah. sure some of you, uh, the viewers, have seen it. it it's a good uh, documentary to watch. I think uh, I got the link from, was it BitChute I sent you the link? Yeah. Yeah, you really need to watch this. Go back here. So, I, yeah, I put it, I put the, so just go to Rumble, type in 2,000 mules, or I put it in the uh, Discord and whatever channel but here's the little little clip of it but i you know watch the clip and oh, yeah the literally, it's a really good documentary you literally I, see i'm sorry go ahead yeah uh no go ahead you go no, ahead. I was gonna say, you literally see them going to boxes like you know ballots taking photos i mean just like it's a it's a well put together little clip so i imagine the movie is actually even greater but they actually follow all these people out here operating you know for you know, whatever the deep state elite, whatever you want to call them, but you know, the evidence is there. But once again, <laughs> it ain't gonna get no traction. So that's right. It's on bitshoot.com. Um, so I think I sent you the link on Twitter, Mike. Maybe you yeah, can put it. I'll put it in the chat it. real quick. Yeah. But uh so yeah, so that was worth while. And that's where like at this current moment, two years into it, I mean they can come out with actually, I think. They could probably have Biden go on stage and slip up and say, yeah, you know, we paid two, three million dollars to rig everything. It's a, everything is a fake. It still wouldn't matter because most people don't pay attention or wouldn't care. Or or then what will they do? Because once they know truth, then they got to respond to it. And that's where people you know, tend to cower out. So um, but anyway, so let me find a leak real quick and I'll put it back up in the chat. I think someone put the link. Gene W. put the link. Um, OK. In the chat. Thank you, Gene. Appreciate you. All right, well, Mario, let's get ready to dial down, man. Let's get ready to dial down, as always. Um, head into the weekend. Good weather outside. Definitely want to spend some more time. Uh, leave us with some words of wisdom, if you don't mind, my friend. Um, well, for as far as the precious metals is concerned, I know it's been a tough few weeks. And uh, I think this is when you need the patience and the nerves. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think what's happening here is like confiscation. Because people a lot of times ask, oh, is the U.S. government going to confiscate gold again? Well, they don't have to because I'm sure uh, the price action in gold and silver this week has put many, many people off buying physical gold and silver. But uh, I always think, what's the alternative, (laughs) you know, to cash out, cash my gold and, and silver and put it in the bank? and finance these guys and uh, so that's all i would say you know just uh yeah don't don't get discouraged uh i've been at this for 20 years and it's all never been easy but 20 years ago gold was at 300 dollars, you know and i just wish i could load it up even more 
And right. probably it's going to be, we're not going to have to wait another two, 20 years to see uh, a lot higher prices. So that's my. Uh, right. My so, yeah, on my side, uh, I I try to encourage people, of course, as you mentioned, you know, th think long term. And so just mm -hmm. here is the U.S. dollar in gold terms. If you had come across this information earlier, you wouldn't be in a position where you'll be on the losing side of this equation as much as people who are still in the system entirely. Mm. And so I came across this information less than 10 years ago and I haven't stopped or looked back since. And so I think I would like the thing, you know, of course no one could be perfectly prepared for anything, but I'm, you know, a part of the, a 1% group of alternative media people who are, you know, have taken some steps, taking some steps yeah. is better than not have done anything. So uh, think a long term, you know, be patient, man. Enjoy the moment because right now things are as good as they're going to be because tomorrow they're trying to make it even worse for us. So enjoy the day. Be grateful for what you do have, because once again, if you are in the developed nations, you're doing better than the average. So uh, count your blessings for sure. So. Um, all right. Then. Well, everybody, be blessed. Be safe. Have a great weekend. Back at it again next week. There's always going to be stuff to touch on. And so uh, definitely, you know, just enjoy yourself and uh, see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. <laughs>